Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Awesome. So my name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is I've been to seven states in the past seven days. And my name is Adrian Gray. My pronouns are he, him. And my fun fact for the day is I got a bum leg from a a Day to Remember concert. That is actually a fun fact. I was like, bum leg, shit. (laughs) Uh, My name is Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that I'm getting over a cold, so I sound like a little little raspy. And uh, I'm Joshua Poutler. My pronouns are he and him. And my fun fact is, I have a little pocket beagle at home that's 13 years old. She's really cute. Cutie. I love Daisy. Her name's Daisy. All right, also, so. Also, cold voice, though. It's like your sexual, like, erotica voice. What? It's secretly my bedroom voice, and I just put it on for all of you. <laughs> I was like, we were just talking about dogs and now sex. I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> Look at us. This is how we do. <laughs> um, okay, so today's episode is going to be really an interesting episode. I'm really excited. Josh is here um, because he was uniquely raised um, uh, surrounding a church cult. So it's going to be an interesting story um, where interested to hear hear it and i hope you're ready to spill the beans i don't know here you go i'm ready okay i'm actually a little nervous never done anything like this before so um i'm just gonna start out and say i completely love my parents you know just as a precursor to all this my parents did the best that they they literally doing the best thing that they thought that they could be doing at the time when i was going through all this so it's not even like you know i don't hold any more resentment towards them anymore but um, when I was 11 years old, we started going to a church in Batavia, and my life changed completely forever from then because after a couple months of being in the church, my parents and my family just dove headfirst right into it, and my sister was going to the Christian Academy because apparently that church also had a Christian school because why wouldn't they? And this Christian school followed a curriculum of ACE. It was uh, work at your own pace. So, like, there was no teachers. There was no nothing. You literally just sat in a cubicle and went through a booklet of worksheets and taught yourself everything. There wasn't one person in the building that had a teaching degree. Everyone in there was just an aide to help you better understand the booklet of worksheets that you were working through. So... What? Okay, we yeah. have so <laughs> so like a legitimate school though. Yeah, it was like a legitimate was legit- school. Okay. They charged tuition and everything. Like my parents paid for me to go there semester by semester. It was a private Christian school, and like when we first started going to the church, the pastor pulled my parents aside and told them like, "What a better education that they're going to be getting," and like he, we did this stupid test like a compass test almost I compare it to like colleges do yeah yeah and it was like a test saying wow look at look at all these gaps he's got in his education we need to put him back in like second grade math because there's stuff that he didn't know and you were as an 11 year old yeah I'm 11 years old and I'm doing worksheets of count the balloons you know it it was was absolutely ridiculous yeah that was like the curriculum that they made up so 
all that aside <laughs> just just i just want to be like super clear there was still like there was still like math and history involved but i know yeah. that like yeah. some christian academies like are like minimal on that kind of stuff and a lot of it is like religious based so very just, you know it was actually still. very religious based um okay. we actually needed we actually had a bible credit you know it actually had a bible credit where you needed um you needed um two bible credits in order to graduate from school so you had to go through like four different classes of just bible studies like pretty much studying the bible as a novel you know yeah yeah, yeah. So like the whole the whole history thing, history was very skewed. A lot of stuff was left out. I didn't know a lot of stuff about history when after I graduated high school. I was in college and I was like, wait a minute, when did this happen? Because they they, they did like New York State history of like the French and Indian War and stuff like that. And then other than that, we learned about the big people in history. But as far as like the Vietnam War, I knew nothing about. Wow. As far as Korea, nothing. I knew nothing about it. Desert Storm, nothing. And that was all stuff that happened in the 80s. It's almost like this curriculum stopped in like the 60s and then never grew from there. That's insane. Yeah, because I learned about World War II a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, but um, the evolution one, they made, the, they made a whole pace of a comparison where they said, imagine evolution like a pile of bricks. And eventually, if the pile of bricks sits there for very long, it's going to learn that it wants to be a house. And that's why we don't believe evolution. Like, it was <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Just trying to wrap my head around it. It's like, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that was my evolution education. I mean, even though that, like, bricks aren't even living organisms. Right, yeah, because they, they think that for some reason that it's a fallacy. It's a fallacy of uh, persuasion that people use where they blow it out of proportion to make it sound ridiculous, but the <laughs> two don't even meet. You know, it's it's another yeah. form of brainwashing that this, you know, particular church used. And so on top of all that, me going to the school with that and everything, like we, I, I drank the Kool-Aid hard. I, I was trying to be the best little Christian boy that I could possibly be. So, like, I was singing in the church choir. I was playing in the church band at nights with hymns and stuff like that. And Were there any kids who didn't do that, like rebels or anything? That And, like, how were they treated? There weren't really, like, rebels. They were just, like, kids that were looked upon as not being strong Christian kids. They, we just kind of like, like we, we, they're, they're okay. They're okay to be in church. It was a good thing for them to be in church, but it just wasn't people that were like allowed behind the scenes of church. You know, they weren't like in the core family of church. Outcasts. They're like, the, they're the worldly Christian friends. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to use that worldly thing a lot in this because that, yeah. that's, that was the term that they always coined as anything that has anything to do with anything but Jesus, you know, everything's worldly. Okay. Yeah. So then like, was there still like the belief of, um, hell as well as, Oh yeah. Heaven. Okay. No, I mean, I, it, they pretty much ran it by guilt and fear. Wasn't what religion is that where they don't actually believe in hell, but they still believe in heaven. Is that Jehovah's witnesses? I'm not sure. I'm oh, just, I, I'm just, I yeah, might just I be making remember. that up. Um, but no, they they believe in hell, and that's actually how they would, 
that's actually how they would recruit more people because like on a Sunday when there was a lot of people in church, he would preach like a very scary view of hell and what happens to you if you die and you're not saved and like go into vivid detail about your flesh burning off your bones and the worms eating away at you for all eternity. Were those like the typical, like, were those the ones where like the people would like physically react to them or? Yeah. Because I, I remember mean, you telling me stories of like people would literally like run around. Well, that that was, hall. that's more to, I'll get into that later. Okay. That, that's, that's a, that's a whole other story too. Okay, okay. But that it, I did have a church where people like put their hand in the air and yelled "Amen" and preach it, brother. And they're whipping their Bible in the air and waving it and stuff like that. What was the denomination of this church? Baptist. Okay. All well, right. They Just affiliate so that- more with Southern Baptist, but they don't have all the dancing because dancing's the devil too. It's worldly. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> feel like worldly is like their version of like secular. That, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Secular was almost like too churchy of a word for the church. What? Um, secular is just like basically ungodly. Non-religious. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So I'm, now that I'm in the school, now that we're going to the church, like we're, we're in church three, four days a week because... Sunday, you're in church Sunday morning, you're in church Sunday night. So that's like five to six hours of church on a Sunday. And then you have to go to church on Wednesdays for prayer meeting. So everyone knows what to pray about for the rest of the week. So we all sit there and we all, it's an actual church service. It's about a 20 minute message for the core church, because that's where the core church is at the prayer meeting. So then we all have like a half hour message for the core church. And then we go through a prayer request of everyone in church, what we're praying for. And then we disperse. And then Friday night was teen night. So the kids go to teen night. We play games, soccer, basketball, dodgeball, all the good stuff. And then we have a half hour to hour message. And they always said that that was like, that was where you were able to bring your friends in. It was kind of like. To recruit them. Yeah, it was, ah! it, was another, it was another recruitment measure where it's like. Let's all come in here and uh, we'll play some games and then we'll hear about Jesus and we'll get them saved. And if they're not saved, don't hang out with them anymore. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I literally had that happen to me like maybe three times with like different friends and it was like different youth groups every single time. And like I'd be like in there. I'm like, I'm having the best time. Like, why isn't like, why don't people promote this more? Like, I'd love to come to a place and like play some basketball with people. And then I'd always get roped like people would start leaving and I'm like, where's everybody going? And they're like, we're going to go study the Bible. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. And, and then they're, and then they do like the whole awkward silent thing when it's like every head bowed, every eye closed. If anyone wants to say the Lord's prayer and accept Jesus in your heart, raise your hand. And like the pastor's like scouring the crowd, like oh. eyeing people down. Like <laughs> I'm like so fucking triggered. Right now. I'm like, ah! <laughs> but I used to be the person who brought my friends. No, what? I was too. I brought, I brought a lot of friends oh. to teen night and like, I totally like kicked myself cringe thinking yes. about it. Come on, guys. Let's go hear about Jesus. You know, like. I used to go to Teen Night too, actually, but it was where we would smoke pot and drink. Yeah. And then we would like. It was a horrible. We were horrible. You were the worldly kids, friend. Like, right? You were the worldly one. I was. You worked and I'd in the bring core. all my worldly friends there. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously though. 
we just did drugs and had sex and like <laughs> listen to a sermon at the end. You know, all like that normal stuff that people do, people. right? All that normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who wants that? <laughs> no one. So now we're so now we're looking at so probably like five or six hours on Sunday, two hours on Wednesday, two to three hours on Friday, and then every Saturday morning I I spearheaded a bus ministry program for the church where me and a bunch of friends would go around and knock on doors and invite people's kids out to church. And we did. We invited hundreds and hundreds of kids to come to the church and we bust them all in. We, we got too big for a van. We had to get a bus driver and we had to, the church had to buy a bus. And this was all spearheaded by like me and my friends you so know? like how would you get them in like what what kind of things would you say we'd knock on the door and we'd tell them about the church we'd tell them about stuff that we're starting up for kids and we'd wonder if the kids were in the like it was really weird because the pastor would tell us what to look for for the houses that have kids it's it's like look look for like toys in the yard and look for like like kid stuff hanging in the windows and knock and ask them if they want to come to church Let's, like not well it's like predatory for like a whole different cause it's like an ego serving i'm saving the world predatory way which which is uh, yeah whatever (laughs) it's better than the other predatory you know so like i said the and a lot of the people in batavia which is where i was you know it's all happened in batavia batavia new york yeah (laughs) so the people in batavia were like Huh, I don't have to see my kids on Sunday. You know, they're like, go get them out of here. You know. <laughs> so this was all while going to school full time. Yeah, yeah, I was going to high yeah. school, and I was in I was in church outside of there for probably ten hours a week or so. Wow, damn. And for some reason, I was still looked on as being the bad kid. Hmm. Like I spearhead I spearheaded this program to get all these kids into church and stuff like that, but. I was a kid that no one was allowed to hang out with because I had cable in my bedroom. So also your <laughs> high school was in the church. Yeah, it was okay. the same building. Yeah, it was just like an offshoot of it. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so you were the bad kid because you had cable? Yeah, because I had cable. A lot of people, I should probably define more of what the church believed too yeah. before I go any further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The church didn't believe that women should wear pants. So women should not wear pants. Women do not wear the attire of men. And then they also didn't believe that you should have TV in your house at all. That's a devil's sin box. So like no one. Yeah, no one. Sorry. (laughs) There was Ah! like. (laughs) Hannah says she got one of those in her bedroom, in their bedroom. (laughs) There was like. We all had a little treasure chest. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. There was like 10, 15 families in the church that like refused to even like have a TV. And they also said you can't go to movies even if you're going to see a G-rated movie because you're supposed to abstain from all appearance of evil and those people around you don't know you're going to a good movie. Wait, hold on. Roll that back. So, So the idea is to abstain from any appearance of evil even if you're not actually com- right. committing something evil. Right. in the mall that also sells sexual toys because people might think you're buying those even if you're an FYE and you're just looking at CDs. They do have a they used to have a porn section. <laughs> okay. 
all right but then how far does that go you know what it i mean goes, like could you can you go to a mall because they have right an fye in the mall right like, exactly yeah like how how far does that go how it, far like I, would they kind of leave that up it. to like would they leave that up for interpretation it's up for interpretation because i think it's just a way that the pastor or people the church would use to judge people kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah, it's another brainwashing tactic where or maybe like oh i know that you went to the mall earlier in the weekend now i'm questioning your faith exactly and there was a lot of that there's a lot of questioning of faith where like anything was a question of faith like they found out i watched the simpsons as a teenager and it was like the end of the world they they treated me like i was the leper like he, like all the kids yeah. didn't talk to me for like a week there because like the, he watches The Simpsons. He's not a good influence. Not even just the fact that you had cable or TV at all. It right. Was, okay. Wow. And even yeah. like music. Any, anything to ostracize you. Yeah. Music too. Like if you listen to anything but hymns and gospel, it was like you were a leper in the church too. I mean, you were a, you were a black stain on his congregation. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Even like Christian rock, they didn't like because that's that's secularizing Jesus, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm having just a, like a hard time like grasping of the idea of like so much control. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very authoritarian. But yeah. I but you did say that this is like like you would you would call it a cult. So I understand. Like I've you know wrapping my head around it. Um, that's that's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, that's this is this, this is my high school. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is yeah. normal. Yeah. Do you know um, when this church was founded? Yeah, it was founded in the. I mean, the church was always a church since like the seventies, but okay. the original building burned in the nineties. Oh, it got okay. it got struck by lightning or something hmm. or something with a furnace. One of those two stories I heard. So the place got burnt to the ground, and with the insurance money that they received, they rebuilt it. And the church has gone through two pastors since I've been there. I don't know. It just like uh, for how strict it is and everything for like it being in the 70s. Like I feel like it would be like a much older church. Yeah, no, it's not. It's actually like a giant stainless steel building. Well, like not stainless steel, but like steel siding and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think also it's it's important to kind of because I mean, we did call this a religious cult like the things that you are saying are very culty, like mm-hmm. a lot of like the brainwashing, the recruiting, the um, like strict rules, the core people, like the worldly people. Like these are all signs and indicators that this is a cult. Right. Right. You know? And was there like a leader or like, would you just say like, would the pastor be idolized? Or yeah. Is it more, okay. It's not that he was like idolized, but like his word was the end all be all. Damn. You know, like, not not to say, like, they worshipped him, but, like, everyone went to him for advice. Like, my dad went to him for advice on who to vote for. Yeah. Like, my dad went to him for advice for everything. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, nothing against my parents. They were literally doing the best thing they thought. I mean. Yeah. So, you said they there were a couple different pastors that went through? Only two. And Pastor so Bish, Pastor Bish was a founding pastor, and then the other one was... The other one that I'm probably going to talk the most about, so I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Pastor Bish was a great man. I have a lot of respect for that guy. Very well educated human being. Okay. But um. But then. Yeah. The the other pastor. Yeah. The other pastor <laughs> took over and everything. Sorry, my everything became really, really confined. Mm. Yeah. 
do you want to like transition into that now or is there anything um the only other thing i can i mean pa- the i'm just gonna call him pastor yeah. you know uh, pastor um he was very very angry mm. he was very authoritative he was very confrontational so like if he felt that you weren't doing your part in the faith, he would call you out on it. Hmm. So a good example is I was in, there, there was a time because, because my church was so secluded because my school was so isolated. Which is another sign of a cult. Just, yeah. Just pointing that out. Because my school was so isolating because you sit in a cubicle all day by yourself and do work. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy that likes to talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think I know. It's fine. <laughs> so I needed to hang out with people. And with my parents being as religious as they were, they didn't let me hang out with anyone who wasn't also a Christian. So I literally had no other friends but these people that were at church. So I was, I was going to other youth groups, like other churches' youth groups throughout the week. It got to a point where I had a different church function every single night of the week. Holy shit. Like I was in church seven days a week. I would Damn. go to go to school, go to teen night, go to school, go to teen night. Friday was teen night at my church. Saturday was soul winning, and that's what it was called. Yeah, soul that, winning? yeah, soul winning. We were soul winning, <sighs> or yeah. If you could see our faces right now, <laughs> yo. <laughs> no. Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, fa- face cam, get face yeah. cam in here. <laughs> People, podcasts totally. No, YouTube. yeah, they do. We, we should start doing that. And so, yeah, the soul winning was on Saturday and then church on Sunday, which is a six hour affair. You know, it was, it was just like something I was doing every day of the week. And then my pastor took that as I was unhappy with my church and I had to go to these other youth groups that have lower standards. And that was like, the first time I ever th- felt like, you know, he was like the, the jealous girlfriend. You know, he was he was like the... <laughs> um, Quick question. So you said that he was angry um, and confrontational. Aren't those aren't those things that you're not supposed to be as a Christian? Oh, yeah. And, he, and if you ask him, he wasn't. You know what I mean? If you ask him, he, he wasn't any of those things. He's right. very well, loving and very tender and very caring. But uh, how he acted was completely different from what he said that he was right so that kind of makes me wonder like when like did people notice like was anyone ever like like oh he got a little angry or was it just like that's how he loves you yeah it, it literally that's how he loves you literally yeah he, he's a it, tough love kind of guy it's the excuse of he's preaching the word of god and so therefore his anger is his love his like anger is justified yeah but it's also using intimidation to manipulate people and into guilt. oh yeah oh guilt and the fear of god yeah, guilt everything. and fear and manipulation Woo. was like what they all thrived on mm-hmm. and and if you if you like go on vacation or something and you didn't find a church out there on vacation it was <laughs> like <laughs> but you don't take a vacation be, from god you know uh, yeah but like <laughs> Oh, what if you did? Yeah, I know. What I if know. you did? Like, I know, right? Yeah. All those lesser Go, churches. Going to a different Jeez. standard church. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was ridiculous. He actually had a conversation with me that I'm only going to these youth groups because I want different, I want lower standards than he has for his congregation. Wow. 
So did you stop going to those church? No, those because, other groups? because I had friends there, you know, like I, I had a lot of friends through all those different youth groups. And then on top of that, like I said, I was spearheading that program with all the kids and the bus ministry and stuff like that. And I was teaching the Bible study. Me and one other woman were teaching the Bible study on Sunday mornings. And this was like junior church, they called it, because there was church for, you know, sanctuary church. And then there was junior church for kids for under the age of like 13 or something. And me and this other woman were teaching the classes. And I remember he actually pulled me aside and said that I'm only using this as a way to get out of church. And that I need to be in church at least one Sunday a month if I want to continue using this ministry in his church. And it's like, I am doing this ministry for your church. Like, how dare you? You know, like, he get, he's just looking for a way to accuse me of doing something wrong. You know? Did he do this with everyone? Was Not, this like a theme in order to keep you trying harder? I thought that you know I, what I mean? Looking back on it, I have no idea why he was so much harder on me than the others i'm not sure maybe it's just louder you know i don't <laughs> yeah like easier easier to identify <laughs> yeah and the other kids were so meek and quiet when the adults were around you know they were yeah. they were assholes when the kid when the adults weren't around when the adults were on they played the part so well you know yeah yeah i have a hard time playing two different parts i'm either i am or i'm not you know i can't have two different lives like that yeah no i get that wow Really quickly before you move on, um, I'm kind of curious. I remember one conversation we've had in the past about like the comic strips, like in your book, oh, workbooks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like another form of manipulation, they the paces had a theme of characters. They were like little kids that are also going to the school, and they grew up with you as you advanced throughout the paces. Oh, they clever. Yeah. So like, so <laughs> like these. So these kids that you grew up with, it was AC because it was ACE curriculum. So AC was the main character and there was a kid named Pudge because he was fat. And then there was, yeah, there's a kid named Pudge and there was Reginald and, and Ronnie and Sandy were the bad kids. They were the kids that rode motorcycles and smoked cigarettes. Like, <laughs> and uh, the funny thing about the paces, you know, all things aside, as you grow up, you know, you grow up with these kids, there's comics in every single pace. And I remember there was a pace in the in the teenager groups where Ronnie gets into a car accident with Sandy on the back of his motorcycle. And Sandy dies. And Ronnie lives. And oh, no. Here it comes. It, here, here it is. Yep, you already know it's coming. Here it comes. AC was upset about it. And then AC's father tells him that if he wasn't sinning so much and if he wasn't being so reckless, that Sandy would have lived. And it's just too bad that Sandy didn't ask Jesus into her heart because he knows she's in hell. You're laughing, but you're like it's, uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very uncomfortable. Like I'm laughing because the sheer idea of it is so yeah. abhorrent now. But when I was in that situation, it made so much sense. Like it was normal, you know, and, and it was just a lot of pressure to put on a kid because like that church very well taught you that God uses tragedy to bring people to God. So there was actually a conversation I remember having with my youth leader where he literally thought 
that we were to a point of our cold Christianity that God was going to do something horrible to one of us to bring us all back to Christ. And the only way we're going to stop that is if we get right with God. <laughs> I'm like, whoop. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, um, literally. We actually pulled up one of your Pace uh, comics, so I'm going to read it real oh, quick. Oh, is, is it the girl one? The submissive one. Oh, the submissive wife yeah. one? Yeah, go ahead, read it. I already okay, know what it so is. Okay, so this is a wife talking to her husband. Is it possible for me to have a new dress for the banquet? He said, I'd like for you to have one, dear, but we just can't afford that. We can't afford one right now. I swear I can read. It's fine. She says, I can add some new trim to that blue dress you like so well. It will look like new. He said, you make my decision so easy with your loving, submissive spirit. And like like you said, submission, that each pace had a key word, like a virtue that you're supposed to get out of reading that comic. Can you like name a few virtues? Like there was submission, there was obedience, there like the the standard Christian virtues. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Guttural noises, it's fine. So like growing up in that environment, I was hitting a phase where like you know, you hit that questioning phase in teenager where you hate everybody and hate everything, but I also didn't at the same time because I had to be godly and Christian. So like they're literally making me feel guilty for wanting to have a relationship with a woman. You know, they're making me feel guilty for listening to music. They even made me feel guilty for playing Pokemon because Pokemon is just a devil recruitment tool. You know, they sat there and dissected each individual Pokemon like this, this guy has a star on his forehead and he's got SSS on his stomach and that means 666 and like, oh, they went on like oh a huge rant. <laughs> yeah, like actual preach messages about it. and Harry Potter too, same thing. Like, Oh, I, well, we all know about the Harry Potter <laughs> shit. That was like every single sh- uh, church. Yeah. But yeah. like to s- literally, like how many fucking Pokemon are there and you're going to sit there and like bring up some like one thing about each pokemon oh yeah and then they really didn't like that on the anime they cross-dressed a lot too jesse yeah. and james that was always a big deal but it's like they're how do you addicted even to know about this <laughs> like if you can't have cable in your house you could like so many things how do you even know about anime it it becomes like a like a pastor circuit where like one pastor preaches a message and the next person builds on that message. It's like a big pastor's telephone game. But also, if you seclude people and you take them away from all these worldly quote unquote things, then they're gonna stay in the soup. They're gonna stay in that that mindset, so it's easier for manipulation. They're isolating. Yeah, it seemed like the time that they were the angriest with me is when I tried to, like, leave the snow globe, you know, for lack of a better term. Just real quick, because Adrian's asking, but, like, if they're supposed to be so godly, then how do they even know about Pokemon? Because <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what you were getting at, well, right? Well, because like, Pokemon was such a big thing. Okay. Po- Pokemon blew up when I was a, when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. I think huge. we're all the age. Yeah, we're all the age. Like, no, Pokemon was big. World. Yu-Gi-Oh was big. They found my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and thought they were tarot cards and burned them in the fire. Shut up. Not not making it up. Oh my god. They just they just, they burnt a small fortune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They found because we had a fire in the church. It would like the church was heated with wood, so there was a furnace in the back, 
he found my Yu-Gi-Oh cards in my backpack because they had random frisks. It's probably what happened for the original burn down. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? So, the early 90s, you said? Yeah. What was the, cool back then? <laughs> <laughs> magic. Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Matthew had Magic the Gathering cards, so we burned them, and we accidentally burned the whole church yeah. down. A Real spark sorry. Hit. A spark came out. <laughs> I'm actually curious because obviously this church is also a school. So how was punishment? Um, there was um, we had a demerit system where if you do one small thing, it equal one demerit. If you have two demerits, it's 15 minutes detention. You have three demerits, it's a half hour detention. Four demerits, 45. And if you get up to five or six demerits, you get a spanking slip sent home to your parents, where your parents have to spank you. As like a 13, 14, 15 year old kid, you were sent home a spanking slip for for your parents to spank you. And if your parents sign off on a waiver, that okay is a pastor to spank you for them. So then if you deserve a spanking slip, the pastor can literally take you by the shirt and take you in the office and beat you with a stick. We're all just <laughs> uncomfortably silent. I'm Very, uh, I remember my mom talking about this kind of stuff. My mom went to BK and she was like, yeah, the nuns would fucking hit us with rulers. And I'm like, oh God, that sounds horrible. But it was like, what? the 80 like the early 80s so i was like i get it but like holy fuck yeah this was like 2002 yeah you know i graduated i graduated in 07 you know it's like yeah yeah beating kids wasn't cool right in the early 2000s right like, right it was already to a point where it's like this has been so far from our education that it shouldn't be ever again and this school just didn't believe in that you know did you ever get a spanking? Yeah, not by not by the pastor. Although I have had some physical confrontations with the pastor, which I'll get into. Yeah. Which, <laughs> so um, I'm kind of curious, real quick, before you get into that, like, um, how did you feel knowing that was the punishment? Oh yeah, there's always that looming guilt and fear that like I don't want to do anything wrong. I get beat with the big red paddle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they called it big red for a reason. Like Jeez. that was the looming threat. So what um what counted as a demerit like stupid stuff too like say you're out of uniform you know we wear uniform shirt and ties every day and they had to be navy blue pants white shirt with your school tie it had to be a school tie and you had to have dress shoes on if you wore sneakers that's one demerit if you didn't have a belt on that's one demerit so then, like, let's say that you forgot your your school shoes and a belt. That's two that's two demerits. That's that's fifteen. They would just stack them. That's like, fifteen okay. minutes attention. Yeah. Shit. Wow. And and for every every page of homework you didn't complete, because you assigned your own work, you assigned what you're gonna do, like your goals for that day, and uh, if you didn't accomplish those goals during the day of school, then that was your homework. So if you don't accomplish it for homework and you come in and the the teacher sees that your goal chart wasn't crossed off, you get a demerit for every page that you missed. So I I mean personally I just like fake sick, you know, or do you get a demerit for calling in sick? No, too? no, you don't get a demerit <laughs> for being sick, but I mean like it, it yeah, it'd just be very hard because your parents are so harsh on the rules too, because my parents were I wasn't missing school. I had to be like physically unable to go to school for me not to go to school because I'm by myself all day. So, 
with this being a legit school, did you have to do like regions and did you no. get a diploma or anything? No. Oh, shit. I found out because I work for New York State. I found out later when I was going for another New York State job that New York State didn't recognize my diploma. So I currently was employed by New York State. I went for another New York State job, found out my diploma wasn't legit. So I could have lost my first job, period. Yeah, because I'm pretty much light on application. So I had to get my GED anyways. Damn. So like, how was your diploma, like, quote unquote, diploma printed? <laughs> so um, when I handed it to the guy at the, at the, I handed it to the guy for my application process, and the guy pretty much like laughed and threw it back. I'm like, what, did you print this off on PowerPoint? I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't. That's the diploma my school gave me, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, no no seal. Yeah, no, no nothing. Like, no, it, it literally looks like, like, like the, the smoky paper, like 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 the cardboard paper, you know, like the yes. nice paper you get for yes. your projects in school. Yeah, one of those with, like, a congratulations, you graduated thing on it, you know. Like, yeah. the front door. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um... Luckily, though, I already had two. I already had associate's degree in college. By the time I was going for the state job, and New York State has a program where if you accomplish a certain amount of levels in college, you just send them your transcripts, and they send you a diploma in the mail. Like, hey, you had to go to high school. Look at all the math you already know. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> out of all the paces. I think math was the one that I've actually learned the most out of all the subjects that I took in school. Math. And unfortunately, Bible studies are the two classes I learned the most. Jesus. Okay, so can you, like, explain more about this pastor who's, like, an ass? Yeah, so, like, there were kids, there were other kids in the church that also, the, the worldly ones, you know, the ones that no one, no one expected them to be good Christians anyways, you know, kind of kids. And he would literally, like, throw the kids around as they misbehaved, like, Lily grabbed by the shirt and slammed against the wall. Um, I remember one part where okay, this is a this is a whole I'll tell my story first with this pastor, where I got into an argument with him and he didn't want to argue with me in the hallway. So he pulled me outside and we're right outside the woodshed and we are we're arguing. I don't even know what we were arguing about. It was probably something theological, like something where I'm questioning his theology or something like that. And he took it as me being like a you know, the most disrespectful kid and how dare you question me kind of thing. And he literally punched me in the chest and then like pushed his fist into my chest against the wall like and held me there and yelled at me for questioning his faith and that I need to get my heart right because if I'm thinking this way, what else am I thinking? Hot damn. And I'm like a 16, 17-year-old kid. Damn. Yeah, and that, yeah, and this guy's like 45 years old, can't handle his own emotions, has to throw a kid around because he questioned his beliefs. Damn. What did your parents think? Because, um, like, yeah, cool, like, you can get a spanking at home, but, like, holy fuck, that's not a spanking. I never told my parents about this situation. Oh, my God, okay. Because I was always so afraid that my parents were going to be on his side. Because I told my parents a hundred times I want to leave the school. I told my parents a hundred times that I hated going there, but they were just so into the Kool-Aid that they thought I was just being a worldly kid. So to even think that like 
if I were in my head, which this might not even be the situation, but in my head then, if I told my parents that pastor that he punched me, then they'd be like, well, what'd you do? Right. You right. know, and that, that's what I would thought would happen in my head. So I never told my parents about it. I never acted like it was a thing. The fear. Again. Yeah. 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 And my parents, they believed everything that they said so hardenly. I mean, my mom also randomly frisked my room looking for stuff. Because my pastor preached messages saying, if you're not looking through your kid's stuff, you don't know what they're up to. <laughs> so my mom would literally do random room checks for me and stuff like that. My, my mom's found cigarettes in my room. My mom's found condoms in my room. And I had to deal with that whole thing. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom, <laughs> my mom found pot in my school, in my room in high school. That was a whole thing. Did yeah. did your parents have I know that we're talking about the church but like and if I'm overstepping a line we can always stop this and re- like pull it back but um did your parents have like um punishments the way that like demerits you know what I mean No like, did they, they didn't my the parents they they just kind of would ground me they literally take everything away from me My mom would take the back of my gaming system out she would take the power cord so I wouldn't be able to play games Okay. I mean, I already wasn't allowed to go Sounds anywhere. Like, like normal, normal parenting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I automatically wasn't allowed to go anywhere because I can only hang out with Christian kids, and I couldn't be anywhere with a with any teenagers driving. I had to be the one that was driving. <laughs> because because you're because they because didn't trust the other Christian? kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what does this have to do with? <laughs> Do you remember the comic strip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> That's they, why. Yeah, they didn't want Ronnie and Sandy situation. <laughs> Josh has Jesus in his heart. <laughs> so he's safe. So, yeah, another situation with the pastor. And this actually happened not too long ago. I want to say this was like a year ago. I got a message from a kid that I went to the school with. And he, he was one of the worldly kids, you know. Um, he, he messaged me and says, Hey dude, can I talk to you? And I'm like, Oh yeah. I haven't talked to him in over 10 years. I remember those. So I'm like, Hey dude, what's going on? And he was like, no, we got to do face to face. Dude, we got to do FaceTime. I'm like, okay. A little weird, Wasn't but sure. Wasn't this like in the middle of the night? Yeah. It's probably 1130 midnight. Yeah. He's messaging me and we went on FaceTime and this dude's like crying. This dude's like bawling. And I'm like, what's going on, dude? What's up? And he's like, uh, it's like I'm the I'm the one that wrote fag on your locker in high school. I'm like, what? Like, what are you talking about, dude? I don't remember this. And he's like, no, you remember. I'm like, I don't remember this. And he's like, no, it was a big thing, and we never found out who it was, and you were really upset about it. I'm like, I do not even remember this. And he was like bawling about it. And then he starts telling me he was like, and there was another time where. I was like pretending to push you into the girl's bathroom and then then pastor came out of nowhere and punched me in the stomach and threw me to the ground and started like kicking me when I was on the ground. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely repressed that one too, man. I don't (laughs) So it's like years and years and years. People are like actually remembering this shit. Yeah. I mean, with this trauma, I'll I'll be, I'll come out. I I go to counseling, you know, I mean, this place really mess a lot of people up. Three of the kids that I knew from that church ended up as inmates. Mm. Um, one of the kids ended up marrying the school teacher. Well, not marrying, not marrying her. Well, what happened was, is one of the kids ended up sleeping with the school teacher. 
And then once he became of age, she went with a younger kid. And then that kid ended up growing up, moving in with her and having his own kid with her. And now they're all now they're all separated. I'm curious if these are the same three. Are they three brothers? Because I kissed like two of the three. Of them. Does it start with an F? I don't remember. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. yeah the same yeah. brothers. Oh, yeah. Shit. The oldest one. Yeah. The oldest one was with the I teacher at first. I kissed the middle one and the oldest one. A funny story about that, which uh, which is a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother rabbit trail of a story. At a carnival, just to say. Okay. Yeah, not, not, at, the not church, at the church at a carnival <laughs> doesn't make it any better <laughs> a funny a funny story about that with the teacher situation was i went forward with the story to the pastor and told him that like mm, this kid's sleeping with her and he pulled her aside with her husband to question her with her husband and she denied everything and then preached a message like the next sunday about how people shouldn't be slandering other people in the church and how we shouldn't be making up lies about people. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to fuck it. I'm gonna, like, <laughs> and, and what I wanted to, what I wanted to say is like, I wanted to stand up and be like, I've watched them make out, you know, like I've seen it happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not slander if it's true. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> she drops him off at work every day and he worked with me. Like, <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I was Jesus Christ, but like. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Um. Did anyone find out that? Uh, come let's talk. Go, go ahead. <laughs> um. Did anyone find out the the truth? Like what happened? Eventually, I mean, what know, happened? Like, she broke up with him. Boy. Yeah. Boy number one. Yeah, she broke up. Child. The, she broke up with boy number one. He was probably eighteen now, and he went. He took a whole bottle of sleeping pills and was going to kill himself. And he got rushed to the hospital and she like disappeared. She like gone, like ghosted the church. And then like weeks or months later, she just came back and started teaching music again. And like no questions asked. What? So how old was he when they first started and how old is she? Uh, she was probably in her 30s, okay. and he was probably 16. And not only that, like, while while that whole suicide thing happened when he tried to kill himself, she was divorcing her husband, too, at the same time. And then, like I said, she just came back and started teaching Wait, music again. divorce is acceptable? No. Okay. <laughs> but how did... Oh, because was she now worldly? Yeah, yeah, but she was able to come back and still teach music, and that was when she found boy number two, and he was 16. And it was one of the other brothers no 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 oh this my was, god this was actually this is actually the pastor's nephew yeah oh! yeah that she ended up with and then they ended up like living together for further on so it's like i always wanted to like question like do you believe me now you know <laughs> god damn literally what the fuck so like when you're growing up in that environment of isolation and brainwashing and stuff like you're taught to you're taught that you're just supposed to grow up and have kids and meet your high school sweetheart and get married and that's life, you know? And yeah. So when, when I was, um, in high school, I remember I had this like impending doom over my head. Like I gotta get a girlfriend. I gotta get a girlfriend. I'm not going to get married. I've got to get a girlfriend, but you're not allowed to like women. You gotta stay six inches away from women. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a six-inch rule. We had to stay six inches away from women. Leave room for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it. Say it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that like a slogan? Like, do you guys yes. all know this? Yes, Everyone yeah, is. No. <laughs> like, like, like I'm when worldly. Back. <laughs> Like back in the old days when people were slow dancing in public school, they actually say, leave room for Jesus in between. That's why you do the yeah, awkward like, arm, arm length. length away. Yes, yes. <laughs> All righty. I learned, I learned a lot tonight. <laughs> so yeah, because of that upbringing, I pretty much started dating a girl and like instantly jumped right into it and got married. I got married at like 19 years old. Shut the front door. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I know not. Yeah, I got... So, just so that everyone is clear, uh, Josh's wife, current wife, is here. (laughs) Current wife. (laughs) 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 She's in the corner going, not me, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the sound sound captures jumping all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, tell us yeah, about so your wife. Your first I I, wife. Uh, I had this theory where if I just throw as much love and care into a situation, then everything just has to work out right. So I worked my ass off, I cared my ass off, and I tried to support my ass off. And come to find out, I was just um, perpetuating a I coined a term "social leech," where she has needed someone to care for her. So it was like the more care that I gave, the more that was needed. And that was very unhealthy. And then it turned into her needing more care from other people. And she started talking to people online. And I found out she was talking to people online. So long story short, we're divorced. I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Now that <laughs> um, were you still religious? Were you still involved with the church at this time? Around like- that time, I was in my main like theology transition period because I was just going to college. And I was working at a restaurant that had a Muslim head chef. And it was very hard for me at first when I was leaving the church and going out into the normal world to shed my my pre-institutionalized prejudices. Because like, like not, not to trigger anybody, but God, gay people were the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like the whole idea of people being gay was just sick, gross, and an abomination to the Lord. And that, that, that's not taken out of context. That's literally something the pastor said, you know. You're pretty much verbatim here. Yeah, yeah. I'm also curious of the diversity of your church. Was it what? Yeah, all white, but then there was one black family that was okay. Yeah, They were okay because they were trying to get Jesus, you know. Again, not to be triggering to anybody, but that's just that's just the general consensus. That's just the general consensus. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why we put the trigger warnings on <laughs> gotcha. the episode <laughs> footnotes. <laughs> wow. So then, okay. So then, how did you feel when you started, like, did, okay, when you started working with like a person who was Muslim? Like, how did you feel? It turned into like a lot of theology questions because I. I'm naturally a nice, 
person, you know, I didn't want to like straight up be like, you're a Muslim Satanist, you're going to hell, you know, like I didn't. Right, right. I didn't want to do any of that. So. Was that your initial like, was that like your first thought though? Yeah, the first thought was, oh my gosh, I'm working for a terrorist. Yeah, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. For, you know, yep. That that's literally what. But that's your con- that's the condition. <laughs> that that's thought. that's like, what I was conditioned yep. to believe. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And after working with him for so many years, I became really good friends with the guy. Like me and him still talk every time I see him in Batavia. You know, he's a really cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of fun to hang out with. We went out in bars all the time when you know in my early twenties. But like when I was first in college, it was very hard for me to shed all of those prejudices that were pushed on me from when I was growing up. Um, my current wife, Marion, remembers a story of when she took me over to a friend's house for New Year's and these friends were gay and they made out on New Year's and I'm sitting, which is okay, yeah, you do that, you do New Year's, but I'm sitting there like, Oh my God. You know, like, <laughs> this is new for me. This is, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> like, right. these people are cool people, but they're doing stuff I was supposed to hate. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's funny because we, my wife and I hung out with this person like a lot in my early 20s. And, you know, he's actually a really cool person to talk to and hang out with. And I didn't realize that I was not talking to him at all. But in my head, I was like, I don't want to say anything to offend him. I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to say anything, you know, anything wrong at all. So I just didn't talk. So you found that you were like distancing yourself from people? Yeah, absolutely. Like because of all those prejudices that were pushed on me, I just was so afraid of either A, saying something wrong to them or B, them saying something wrong to me. I just like just just stopped it all together. You know, just just cut out the middleman. Yeah. And it was funny because a couple of years ago, you know, we lost touch with him and stuff like that. And then we saw him again. And I was just like, hey, what's going on? You know, and I started talking. He's like, oh, my gosh, Josh is talking to me. I'm like, what do you mean, man? Like, we used to hang out all the time. I'm like, <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Okay. So. I have a question. Sorry. <laughs> yes. No, you can't talk. Um. So I did, I don't know if people asked it because I ran to the bathroom, but um, did you ever find out that anyone in your church was gay after like you left or like after a couple of years? Mm, not re- yeah, they're probably trapped in that um, religious closet where it's like, I am, but I can't. So they just kind of pray the gay away. You did know? you have any speculations? Mm. I had one speculation, but he was like 30-something and I was sleeping with a 14-year-old, so he ended up being an inmate, so Good. I don't I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he was just very different. Was pedophilia like a thing? It was, or like... <laughs> I, I was just watching a study online about when you first hit puberty. Now, I could just be talking on my ass because it's just a YouTube documentary I'm talking about here. That's okay, talk. (laughs) All right, anyways, but they say when you hit puberty, your brain is literally like grasping at things that you could be attracted to. Like, it's just like reaching out. I remember. (laughs) So So if you're in a religious household where 
you're not around stuff that quote unquote should be attracted to or something like that or could be. Yeah, healthy attraction. I'll use that word. That's a good one. So then you start reaching for anything. That's why in most religious communities, you see a lot of incest and teen pregnancy and kids being, you know, hurt. And it's just because when the kids reach that age, it's just like, I need to be attracted to something. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just something your brain does. But in the Christian faith, they make you feel so wrong for being a normal human person. You know, you're, they're literally fighting the natural biology of humans being okay to have sex. You know, it's... <laughs> That's literally why all white people are so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so random. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask something, but I'm distracted now. Damn, it was really good. <laughs> Keep talking. Oh, Okay, so I got it. So did they have any kind of transition from when you left high school? Like, did they try to get you involved in, like, the adult stuff? No. Or did they were just like, here you go, fly, like, culture shock? Yeah, literally that. Like, well, good luck. Why, though? That makes no sense. I I honestly want to, like, I don't even know if this was, like, a conscious thought where they were, like... Like, I don't even think this is a conscious thought, but it might be where they're like wanted you to go out there, but they also wanted you to stay in the church. It's kind of so they wanted you to stay in the snow globe. Yeah, they don't they don't want you to leave in the first place. Yeah, so like, yeah, Yom Kippur's Jewish, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) You said Yom Kippur first. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the Amish, they're allowed to go out for how long? Like, a couple weeks or something? I don't know. I mean, it wasn't even like that. It's more like. You never left the church. Mm. If you left the church, something horrible must have happened. Yeah. You know, there's no... I thought if bad things happened, you were closer to God. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Like, there was no reason for you to ever leave the church. Like, you left the school, yes. Mm. But you never actually left the... Because it was always the same people. You know, the church and the school was all the same people. So you're spending all this time with all the same people. Did you ever feel like you were being watched or anything? Nonstop. Oh, shit. <laughs> were you ever being watched? Yeah. Yeah, you were. And then there was um, then there was the, I'm going to use a very dated term, the Gladys Kravitz of like the church, like the nosy neighbor peeking out the window with her binoculars. <laughs> there was always those little old ladies who like found it their job to make sure that all the teen boys and teen girls were acting the way God wants them to. So if you like messed up, they're telling I mean, it wasn't like in that way of like through the church or anything, but like literally my grandma does that. Like she'll sit out on the front <laughs> porch and like she knows exact time yeah. of days of like what all the neighbors do. Yeah, Gladys Kravitz. She does. She's yeah. a little stalker. That's why my mom keeps the blinds it, closed. There there's a there's a TV show in the in the you know, the old TV show called Bewitched and her neighbor was Gladys Kravitz. She's always catching her doing witchy stuff. <laughs> So she's always like yelling at her husband, Abna, Abna, oh <laughs> the, the chairs are floating. Like, <laughs> So like after you left the church or after you graduated. And graduated from school because you never, school, you never leave the church. So you start working, you start going to school um, in college and then all the, it's like this film is coming off your brain. You're like, mm-hmm. holy shit, all this stuff is happening. Did you go back to the church? I did because I, I want to say it was like um like that home feeling where I, I would go back 
and I would sit in a couple, you know, sermons, sing songs, you know, all the same songs you grew up singing. It's almost like a nostalgic feeling going back because I left the church for a while after, you know, I was so burned by it. My sister was burned by it. My pastor actually accused my sister of marrying her husband just to spite him for some reason. For some reason, it was she was just trying. Were to, they having like a a thing? No, for for some reason, my my pastor didn't approve of my wife, my my sister's husband. So, be yeah, sorry, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I was like, so so because oh my gosh, you guys need to stop. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways. So because my pastor didn't approve of my sister's husband. Because <laughs> he was worldly. Yeah, because he was worldly and he was already... My my brother-in-law was in his 30s when he met my sister. My sister was 19. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like... But like, aren't they okay with fucking teachers? Right, right. They're okay with everything else. Mm. So yeah, so because my sister was burned from the church, because I was burned from the church... I was out of the church for a while and I used the excuse of work, you know, as a way to get out of church. I would literally purposely work on Sundays and stuff like that. So did your ex-wife go to this church as well? Yeah, she did for a while. Yeah. And did you meet her through that? No, I met her because she went to another Christian school in Buffalo. Okay. And it was a very similar Christian school. It didn't use the same curriculum, but it was more like Notre Dame and and Batavia. Where they had like the uniforms, but it was actually school, school, yeah. It was actually a state school kind of thing yeah. still. So how old were you when you guys got divorced? I was 20, I believe I was 20. I was married at 19 and divorced by 20, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, we lasted nine months of marriage, yeah. <laughs> so what about, how did the church react to that? Um, That was literally like, everyone acted very disappointed in me. Because, you know, everybody knew. Of course everybody knew. So everyone was like, oh, hi, Josh. You know, like it was, it was always. It was like pity, but also deep, yeah. deep disappointment. Yeah, it was like the, I'll pray for you. Oh. You know, the old Christian middle finger. Like, yeah. what, it, like uh, what did they say in the South? Bless your heart. Oh, yeah, no, that that's a Southern thing. Yeah. <laughs> you said it was Southern birth, right? basically. Oh, Lita's pissed. She's like, nah. So when did you kind of like start realizing the effects it had on your like developing mind as a kid? I didn't start realizing that until I met my current wife and she started pointing out all these horrible things that go through my head at first thoughts, you know, and and the way I view things and the way I view people and how I don't you know, use my emotions and I stuff it deep down and act like it didn't happen. You know, all those healthy, healthy things that Christians do, you know? (laughs) So I, me and my wife worked through a lot of the issues that I had to start with. And when the issues started to come to a head and I started having more issues, I ended up going to counseling and that's pretty much where we are today. I mean, I didn't realize how much my, upbringing affected me until i was almost 30 and would you consider this trauma absolutely i consider it trauma yeah Yeah. i mean it's i I didn't even think that there was such a thing as religious trauma until i found something online which you can find anything online Mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean there's any validity to it there is but i can totally (laughs) see it i can relate (laughs) i mean 
you put people in, I mean, like I said, I was sold out for Christian faith. Like I was enrolled in Shawnee Bible Baptist College to go be a pastor. Like I was going to be like the next pastor of that church. I was, you know, that was like my dream. I was going to have my own church, my own congregation. I was going to preach every Sunday and all that good stuff. And we did these youth conferences where everyone goes to these youth conferences and it like gets you on fire for Christ. It's a big revival. They have all these who's who celebrity pastors come in and preach these rip snort and fire and brimstone messages and people are running through the aisles screaming. People are dancing. People are falling on their face in the, at the altar, which the altar is the front of the little stairway to the, to the stage. So people are on their faces, and there's so many people at the altar. They're all lined up all the way down the aisles to the exits, and people are bawling. They're crying. There's, you know, it it it's a huge emotional high. I'll compare it to, you know, it's a big like, it's like it's like Christian heroin. You know, it's like, oh yeah, give me that revival. Like. <laughs> <laughs> So was the purpose of the revival for it to be like the high? Yeah, because like that's what, what gets people on fire. Like why? <laughs> that, that, that sets the youth group on fire to go out there and win more souls and, and be a better person and be a better Christian and read your Bible more. And Yeah. <laughs> they, lit- they literally said that for the amount of time that you do on anything secular, you should be reading your Bible for. So if you play video games for four hours, you should be reading your Bible for four hours that day too, because that way your your wood hay and stubble doesn't doesn't uh, outweigh your gold and precious silvers, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that term either. No, you got lots of old timey. <laughs> so there's this term where everything you do, every decision you make, every step of your life, you're accumulating rewards in heaven. What your rewards in heaven are, are your choice. How taxing is that? Yeah, exactly. Holy fuck. So like, so like you lie, you accumulate wood, hay, and stubble, which is like wood and hay and, you know, any, yeah, anything. And for every good thing you do and virtuous thing you do, you accumulate gold, silver, precious gems. It's like the capitalism of the church. Yeah, so they believe that when you go to heaven... And at the great white throne judgment after the rapture and all that other stuff. And God's going to sit there and outweigh your deeds and give you your rewards that you earned in heaven. So, uh, what was I going to say? Crap. Oh, no. Um, what? Pur- there, there, there is no, there's no purgatory in my Christianity, no. There's just No, there's just hell. heaven or hell. There's no third direction. Then why do you have to weigh your sins? Because you either get in or you don't. Yeah, right? you you, you can get you, in. Do you get Absolutely. Once you get to you, heaven, you like, can you can this? get in. But this is how this is how a pastor this is how a pastor explained it to the teens, like quote unquote, dumbed it down for us. He was like, "Oh man, I can't believe he drank beer at that party. I really wanted to put that whirlpool into his mansion." It's like God looking down. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, look at, he's reading his Bible every day. He's doing this. Oh, I'm going to give him a Ferrari for his garage in heaven. Okay. Yeah, right. so it's so, like stuff that you're going to be able to do while you're in heaven. So it wasn't just about getting in. No, it it's not about, about getting in. once you got there. Yeah, it's about building a reward system, yeah. Because, like, 
if Jesus is yeah, in your heart. Yeah, dead serious. Yeah, I'm not making this up. <laughs> if, if Jesus is in your heart, then you're going to heaven. Yeah, if you if you ask Jesus in your heart, you already got your hell insurance, they call it, quote unquote. Does that does that come with insurance like even if you're you don't believe in Like 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 if you yeah. Yeah, by by their by their standards, I mean I might be as agnostic as the next person, but by their standards, I'm still going to heaven. I mean, I I've accepted yeah. Jesus. I'll in just my have heart. a lot of when I'll, I was like 12 at a fucking camp, and they're like, yep. everyone else was doing it, so I, I was like, oh my god, I have to. Yeah, yeah Circle C Ranch. <laughs> Dude, Marin and I accepted Jesus in our heart at the same place. Probably the same year. Cir- <laughs> Circle C Ranch. Room? It's a Christian camp. <laughs> With laser tron. Yeah, yeah. They get you. And water slides and shit. And, and, and they got riding. rock climbing walls. Rock climbing walls. And they got Foursquare, which is yep. a really fun game. They got horse. Yeah, I, a lot I of stuff there. Sledding. And there was like a freaking, <laughs> I was in this like bubble thing and I went down a hill in it and it was all soapy and shit. Oh, the big, the big inflatable bubble. Yeah. yeah and we went yeah. roller skating. Yep. Oh, they had sumo wrestling too. And you wear yes. the big inflatable sumo suits and bounce bellies off people. Yep. Yeah. It was a really fun Trishan camp. Church, you guys. Really <laughs> good place to recruit. <laughs> they recruited my ass. I accepted Jesus in my hole. My hole? My hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. All right. Y'all, I'm going to hell. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I can't yeah. even talk. <laughs> 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 I accepted Jesus in my hole. <laughs> Utah, I'm horny. No, I'm just going to. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus. <laughs> Let's go to my devil's deadly sin box in my room. <laughs> I don't know. So, All right, let's move on. Yeah, go, back, Josh. Back go, on go. topic. <laughs> with with the whole hell insurance thing, they view it as like, yeah, you can you can be a Christian and you can be saved from hell, but then there's going to be a lot of bored Christians because eternity's a long time. You're going to have a whole eternity to spend up in heaven. That's a long time to sit there and you know do nothing. Isn't heaven supposed to be a good place? Yeah, it is. But well, I always looked at it as eternity was the scariest thing in the world. I mean, sit yeah, sure sit down and that. just try to fathom that. I remember being a 15-year-old kid, like, crying at the idea of eternity. Yeah. I'm, I get lost in that all the uh, Even now, of just, like, I get... That was, like, the start of it. And mm-hmm. then now, like, it, I bring in, like the size of the universe and how small earth is and then i get how into this, small like, we are existential crisis yep, of like yep. getting smaller and smaller and smaller and i'm like fuck so yeah like all that stuff i mean eternity's a long time if you think about it like the whole idea of never dying and that scared the crap out of me as a kid so i was trying my best to make sure that i had enough you know, gold, silver, and precious gems stored so what me did up you, in heaven. What, what is your house in heaven supposed to look like based on high school? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> at, at this point, it's just a big pile of wood, hay, and stubble. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some coal in there. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so, and I mean, anything's quote-unquote better than Bernie and hell. Yeah, probably. right, yeah. That's what, um, that's the view. Speaking of solar systems, what was your church's view on, like, the universe and stuff? They believed that the universe was vast and endless, and the only end that the universe had was in heaven. That the universe, like, pretty much piggybacked up to heaven. Like, it was just one big bubble, and heaven was all around it. Interesting. So, just think about God making, think about God with a toy diorama. 
<laughs> you know, that's what I that's what I always picture it as. And the sheer idea of any form of life being on any other planet was like abhorrent to anybody in the Christian mm-hmm. faith. Like it was just like completely off their head because I tried to bring it up a lot. I mean, it could be an animal, I kept saying. You know, it could be a worm, but it's still life. Or even a single cell like organism. Right, like, That's exactly. something that they're kind of like studying right now is and like um, life on like, I think it's uh, Ju- one of Jupiter's moons. Um, but in any way, shape, or form, like in that article, like that NASA produced, like down at the bottom, they were like, Earth is not ready to know if there's life on other planets. Yeah. Like they won't tell us just, and it's like mainly due to that fact of like, because like Christianity does run most of the planet, like Mm -hmm. so many people. Yeah, well, is yeah, it? Muslim too. Oh, Muslim's okay. the most dominant religion on the planet. But they they would be kind they're, of in the same two, boat. Two of, sides of the same coin. Yeah. 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 So it's just like people would freak out if they said that. <laughs> it's a weird coin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, there's three major monotheistic religions in Christianity, Judaism, and then Muslim. Muslim, yeah. yeah. So it's like it's a weird little coin. But, holy shit. Yeah, so, yeah. like, about other planets and stuff like that, I actually got another argument that I got into my pastor about was about aliens and animals being out there. And I'm like, I'm like, who's to say, who's to say that, like, God's not just out there being creative and having fun? You know, I mean, man, if I had the ability to create life, I'd be like, man, what other parts can I put together and make it walk? Right, you know? right. <laughs> well, that's, isn't that kind of the idea that, like, God is, like amazing and powerful and right like what yeah almighty creator well a scary creator too because you got to think in the christians belief they believe that god only made us to worship him like we were only made here to serve him and do his bidding and yeah. obey and like obey him and then spread his word mm-hmm. and then do mission trips and we're to be and- in the world not of the world yeah. you know and um, then you got to think like in the same sense as that, if a mad scientist created an army of robots and the only serving that this army of robots was to do was to tell this guy how awesome he is every day, wouldn't you sit there and raise your arm and be like, what a selfish prick, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I know you mentioned that you're agnostic now. Yeah, I'm more yeah. agnostic. Um, okay. Being so strictly ruled by Christianity like I was, it really sucked a lot of magic out of the world for me Mm -hmm. because like if this doesn't, if this not real, if God's magic's not real, then no magic's real. Mm -hmm. If this isn't that, then this isn't that, you know? And you like lose your hope. Yeah. Because like, it's really hard for me to even fathom a God that's not a Christian God, even when I'm trying to think of other ways that God could be. Does the word like God trigger you? Yeah, because because it's like, I don't even want to think about it anymore, you know? And uh, my wife and I have had many discussions where we discuss like the, what our belief of God is. And she says it's just some energy and, you know, it's more of a unifying thing and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but what's driving the energy? Mm. What's the thinking? Why is it doing it? You know, because I'm so stuck in that. Mm-hmm. 
rigid Christian explanation of the King James Bible, because that's the only good Bible is the King James one. <laughs> you use the NIV Bible. That's the, that's the devil's translation of the God's word. <laughs> um, so how do your parents feel about how they raised you now, but also how you are now? My parents and I have a very good relationship now. Um, I believe my parents are proud of me, I guess. You know, I believe they're, I mean, I'm moderately successful in what I do. But, um, yeah, my parents are just pretty much happy that I'm not in prison and addicted to drugs like the rest of the kids that came out of my, you know, youth organization are. Yeah. But my parents are still, which kills me because they still go to ch- at church almost every Sunday. You know, they still give their money. They still give more money because the pastor always preaches about more tithing. I was going to ask that earlier, too. Oh, yeah. 10 percent of your income's tithing. And then you give till it hurts because God's just going to take care of you. The more money you give, the more God's going to bless you. How much is that pastor making? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's like he even had like programs where they had a. Um, diversifying thing on their tithing envelope of how much money you're allocating to certain ministries of the church. So if you give a hundred dollars, you can give twenty five to the bus ministry, twenty five to this, twenty five to that, twenty five to that, so on and so forth. But yeah, is the bus the red bus that drives around? No, oh, okay, okay. No, it actually says the name of the church on the side, and okay. it's a big yellow bus. Okay, because yeah. I was like, yo, I know what the bus is. I want to say that's a city church that has the yeah, big red Oh, yes, bus. it yeah, is a city, city church. church yeah. So. Damn. Oh, yeah. My my pastor, this is something I just want to add at the end, just to throw in a little more how jerky Shade. this pastor is. <laughs> he had a pastor's parking spot at the church, literally a sign that said pastor parking on it, and it was closer to the church than the handicapped parking spots were. Just just let that sink in a little bit. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> so I guess like to wrap it up though, can you kind of just I don't know. I mean like just reflecting back at everything you said, like I think I mean it's kind of big for us to call this a cult because like I feel like this is gonna like ruffle some feathers for people. Um, especially if they're listening and they are religious. So like kind of like the key things that made it feel like a cult to you i guess the whole control aspect of it where the church was just so afraid of losing its congregation they were so afraid of any outside thought the closed-mindedness the there there's so much to it that does feel cultish because they isolate you mm-hmm. you know they try to keep you weak and obedient and meek and humble and all those you know that sound like good things when they're telling you that but it's just like a slippery slope i have a hard time with organized religion period now because it still reminds me of what i went through before so it's like i can't be a part of any religion because i feel like that slippery i'm standing at the top of that slippery slope again and like I just re- I just finished a memoir about Nexium, which is a cult. Um, and literally just hearing you talk about this is reminding me, obviously that's completely different, but like this authority figure that you have to like worship and like 
listen to every word. They isolate you. They educate your children in the way like right. they want you. Like, oh, it's just they make you feel like you have your own choices, but really you have to listen to everything they say or they shame you or humiliate you or punish you. Like, Oh yeah. Fear, yikes. fear and guilt was definitely like how they ran that church. And also like how they just ignore blatant violence against children and also like rape and all that stuff. Cause if pedophilia, you know, like if you're having sex with a kid that's 16, that's rape, you know? Right. right. So it's like, and, and they ignore it. And, and they, the pastor was just like, it's not happened in my church. Yeah. Not one of my flock, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> or they're just like, Oh, that's normal. It's fine. We're just not going to talk about it. Hush, hush. Right. Yeah. It was all swept under the rug. It's like to control the flock. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yikes. So is this, the church is still around. You just oh yeah. That. It's still, it's still quote unquote thriving. Would you ever like talk to the pastor again? Um, I did recently. I had to. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes I have to because it still involves my parents mm. and he actually did a very good job throwing a funeral for my grandmother. He oh, threw okay. it together in like a very short amount of time. Yeah. And I do respect him a lot for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I don't respect this guy at all because he was a very big part of my life growing up. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of stuff stick out of my craw, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff that I just don't, you know, it just makes you cringe thinking about. Yeah. And it's just, I have talked to him and I have talked to his son. His son was just as big of a jerk as he was. Yeah. And the people are kind of unavoidable with my family being in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His son was actually the principal of the school for a while too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there anything you feel like you're missing or you want to add on um, as we wrap up? I'm really not trying to hate on the Christian faith. I'm really not trying to hate on any person individually, just pointing out stuff that I didn't appreciate or I didn't like. Yeah. And at the time, I was too young to even understand that I didn't like it mm-hmm. or just push the emotions back down, yeah. you know, and... I wasn't trying to offend anybody. Like I said in the beginning of this, I love my parents. They put me through a school. Mm-hmm. They paid extra for this school. They thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I want to end with there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That was huge. Yeah. I'm sure that wasn't easy. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just like passing me the mic. Like the you, y'all, y'all have all said thank you. I'm over here nodding my head. Like, you know I'm thankful. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be weird if I'm the third person saying thank you again. <laughs> like, You made it more weird by not just saying thank you. Um, okay. So, cool. Thank you again. <laughs> um, Anytime. <laughs> so, when we wrap up our podcast, we are going to shout out all the Instagrams and all that stuff, but I do want to remind everyone we are on Patreon, so if you want to sign up for as low as $2, we also have a $5 option and above. Um, that will just support our podcast. We do this completely full free. Um, we really appreciate that. Also, if you um, reach out to us and let us know if you want us to do more, we have a lot of ideas. We just like don't know if people actually want want them to happen so amp us up make us excited and help us um with that no poop stories you could have done it last week but you didn't do programs this week yep i'm bitter okay so um you can find me on instagram at the sensual nonconformist you can find me on uh facebook at hannah gray also you can find the podcast at gray awakenings on instagram and you can email us at grayawakenings at gmail.com 
Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Amanda Drew. Uh, and then my Instagram handle is not too taboo Amanda. And you can find me on Facebook at Adrian Gray. And on Instagram, it is the Transpirational Healer. I almost said Hannah's. And I was <laughs> like, that's not right. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at JPOT676. You can see a couple pictures of my pocket beagle on there. And um, you can find me on Facebook at Joshua Poutler. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.